Chapter 15 of The Ministry of Intercession by Andrew Murray. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Christopher Smith. The Coming Revival. Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Psalm 85, verse 6. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 2. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thy right hand shall save me. Psalm 138, verse 7. I dwell with him that is of a humble and contrite heart, to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Isaiah chapter 57, verse 15. Come and let us return to the Lord, for he hath torn, and he will heal us, he will revive us. Hosea chapter 6 verses 1 and 2 The coming revival. One frequently hears the word. There are teachers not a few who see tokens of its approach and confidently herald its speedy appearance. In the increase of mission interest, in the tidings of revivals in places where all were dead or cold, in the hosts of our young gathered into students or other associations or Christian endeavor societies, in doors everywhere opened in the christian and the heathen world in victories already secured in the fields white unto the harvest wherever believing hopeful workers enter they find the assurance of a time of power and blessing such as we have not known the church is about to enter on a new era of increasing spirituality and larger extension there are others who while admitting the truth of some of these facts yet fear that the conclusions drawn from them are one-sided and premature they see the interest in missions increased but point out to how small a circle it is confined and how utterly out of proportion it is to what it ought to be to the great majority of church members to the greater part of the church it is as yet anything but a life question they remind us of the power of worldliness and formality of the increase of the money-making and pleasure-loving spirit amongst professing christians to the lack of spirituality in so many many of our churches and the continuing and apparently increasing estrangement of multitudes from god's day and word as proof that the great revival has certainly not begun and is hardly thought of by the most they say that they do not see the deep humiliation the intense desire the fervent prayer which appear as the forerunners of every true revival there are right-hand and left-hand errors which are equally dangerous we must seek as much to be kept from the superficial optimism which never is able to gauge the extent of the evil as from the hopeless pessimism which can neither praise god for what he has done nor trust him for what he is ready to do the former will lose itself in a happy self-gratulation as it rejoices in its zeal and diligence and apparent success and never see the need of confession and great striving in prayer ere we are prepared to meet and conquer the hosts of darkness the latter virtually gives over the world to satan and almost prays and rejoices to see things get worse to hasten the coming of him who is to put all right may god keep us from either error and fulfil the promise thine ears shall hear a word behind thee saying this is the way walk ye in it when ye turn to the right hand and when ye turn to the left 
let us listen to the lessons suggested by the passages we have quoted they may help us to pray the prayer aright revive thy work o lord first revive thy work o lord read again the passages of scripture and see how they all contain the one thought revival is god's work he alone can give it it must come from above we are frequently in danger of looking to what god has done and is doing and to count on that as the pledge that he will at once do more and all the time it may be true that he is blessing us up to the measure of our faith or self-sacrifice and cannot give larger measure until there has been a new discovery and confession of what is hindering him or we may be looking to all the signs of life and good around us and congratulating ourselves on all the organizations and agencies that are being created while the need of god's mighty and direct interposition is not rightly felt and the entire dependence upon him not cultivated regeneration the giving of divine life we all acknowledge to be god's act a miracle of his power the restoring or reviving of the divine life in a soul or a church is as much a supernatural work to have the spiritual discernment that can understand the signs of the heavens and prognosticate the coming revival we need to enter deep into god's mind and will as to its conditions and the preparedness of those who pray for it or are to be used to bring it about surely the lord god will do nothing but he revealeth his secret unto his servants the prophets it is god who is to give the revival it is god who reveals his secret it is the spirit of absolute dependence upon god giving him the honor and the glory that will prepare for it second revive thy work o lord a second lesson suggested is that the revival god is to give will be given in answer to prayer it must be asked and received direct from god himself those who know anything of the history of revivals will remember how often this has been proved both larger and more local revivals have been distinctly traced to special prayer in our own day there are numbers of congregations and missions where special or permanent revivals are all glory be to god connected with systematic believing prayer the coming revival will be no exception an extraordinary spirit of prayer urging believers to much secret and united prayer pressing them to labor fervently in their supplications will be one of the surest signs of approaching showers and floods of blessing let all who are burdened with the lack of spirituality with the low state of the life of god in believers listen to the call that comes to all if there is to be revival a mighty divine revival it will need on our part corresponding wholeheartedness in prayer and faith let not one believer think himself too weak to help or imagine that he will not be missed if he first begin the gift that is in him may be so stirred that for his circle or neighborhood he shall be god's chosen intercessor let us think of the need of souls of all the sins and failings among god's people of the little power there is in so much of the preaching and begin to cry every day wilt thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee and let us have the truth graven deep in our hearts 
every revival comes as pentecost came as the fruit of united continued prayer the coming revival must begin with a great prayer revival it is in the closet with the door shut that the sound of abundance of rain will be first heard an increase of secret prayer with ministers and members will be the sure harbinger of blessing third revive thy work o lord a third lesson our texts teach is that it is to the humble and contrite that the revival is promised we want the revival to come upon the proud and the self-satisfied to break them down and save them god will give this but only on the condition that those who see and feel the sin of others take their burden of confession and bear it and that all who pray for and claim in faith god's reviving power for his church shall humble themselves with the confession of its sins the need of revival always points to previous decline and decline was always caused by sin humiliation and contrition have ever been the conditions of revival in all intercession confession of man's sin and god's righteous judgment is ever an essential element throughout the history of israel we continually see this it comes out in the reformations under the pious kings of judah we hear it in the prayer of men like ezra and nehemiah and daniel in isaiah and jeremiah and ezekiel as well as in the minor prophets it is the keynote of all the warnings as of all the promise if there be no humiliation and forsaking of sin there can be no revival or deliverance these men have set up their idols in their hearts shall i at all be inquired of by them to this man will i look even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and that trembleth at my word amid the most gracious promises of divine visitation there is ever this note be ashamed and confounded for your ways o house of israel we find the same in the new testament the sermon on the mount promises the kingdom to the poor and them that mourn in the epistles to the corinthians and galatians the religion of man of worldly wisdom and confidence in the flesh is exposed and denounced without its being confessed and forsaken all the promises of grace and the spirit will be in vain in the epistles to the seven churches we find five of which he out of whose mouth goes the sharp two-edged sword says that he has something against them in each of these the key word of his message is not to the unconverted but to the church repent all the glorious promises which each of these epistles contain down to the last one with its open the door and i will come in he that overcometh shall sit with me on my throne are dependent on that one word repent and if there is to be a revival not among the unsaved but in our churches to give a holy spiritual membership will not that trumpet sound need to be heard repent was it only in israel in the ministry of kings and prophets that there was so much evil in god's people to be cleansed away was it only in the church of the first century that paul and james and our lord himself had to speak such sharp words or is there not in the church of our days an idolatry of money and talent and culture a worldly spirit making it unfaithful to its one only husband and lord a confidence in the flesh which grieves and resists god's holy spirit 
is there not almost everywhere a confession of the lack of spirituality and spiritual power let all who long for the coming revival and seek to hasten it by their prayers pray this above everything that the lord may prepare his prophets to go before him at his bidding cry aloud and spare not lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgression every deep revival among god's people must have its roots in a deep sense and confession of sin until those who would lead the church in the path of revival bear faithful testimony against the sins of the church it is to be feared that it will find people unprepared men would fain have a revival as the outgrowth of their agencies and progress god's way is the opposite it is out of death acknowledged as the desert of sin confessed as utter helplessness that he revives he revives the heart of the contrite one fourth revive thy work o lord there is a last thought suggested by the text from hosea it is as we return to the lord that revival will come for if we had not wandered from him his life would be among us in power come and let us return to the lord for he hath torn he will heal us he hath smitten he will bind us up he will revive us and we shall live in his sight as we have said there can be no return to the lord where there is no sense or confession of wandering let us return to the lord must be the keynote of the revival let us return acknowledging and forsaking whatever there has been in the church that is not entirely according to his mind and spirit let us return yielding up and casting out whatever there has been in our religion or along with it of the power of god's two great enemies confidence in the flesh or the spirit of the world let us return in the acknowledgment of how undividedly god must have us to fill us with his spirit and use us for the kingdom of his son oh let us return in the surrender of a dependence and a devotion which has no measure but the absolute claim of him who is the lord let us return to the lord with our whole heart that he may make and keep us wholly his he will revive us and we shall live in his sight let us turn to the god of pentecost as christ led his disciples to turn to him and the god of pentecost will turn to us it is for this returning to the lord that the great work of intercession is needed it is here the coming revival must find its strength let us begin as individuals in secret to plead with god confessing whatever we see of sin or hindrance in ourselves or others if there were not one other sin surely in the lack of prayer there is matter enough for repentance and confession and returning to the lord let us seek to foster the spirit of confession and supplication and intercession in those around us let us help to encourage and train those who think themselves too feeble let us lift up our voice to proclaim the great truths the revival must come from above the revival must be received in faith from above and brought down by prayer the revival comes to the humble and contrite for them to carry to others if we return to the lord with our whole heart he will revive us on those who see these truths rests the solemn responsibility of giving themselves up to witness for them and to act them out 
as each of us pleads for the revival throughout the church let us specially at the same time cry to god for our own neighbourhood or sphere of work let with every minister and worker there be great searchings of heart as to whether they are ready to give such proportion of time and strength to prayer as god would have let them even as in public they are leaders of their larger or smaller circles give themselves in secret to take their places in the front rank of the great intercession host that must prevail with god ere the great revival the floods of blessing can come of all who speak or think of or long for revival let not one hold back in this great work of honest earnest definite pleading revive thy work o lord wilt thou not revive us again come and let us return to the lord he will revive us and let us know let us follow on to know the lord his going forth is sure as the morning and he shall come unto us as the rain as the latter rain that watereth the earth amen so be it end of chapter fifteen